Friends, thanks once again for tuning in to the Reverend Sermon Audio. You're back with me, Reverend Jamie. Just before I start today, just to give you a little explanation as to what's going on with the Sermon Audio podcast. Um, at the moment, I'm just putting stuff up as and when I have it. So basically, as and when I preach. Uh, I do intend to involve Daniel and Tom a bit more, but sometimes life just gets away with you. So that's the state of things. The podcast is still happening, but it's not happening every week. And indeed, I think it's fair to say that uh, if you possibly can, uh, it's a good idea, a really good idea to be fed in your local church or congregation. Um, But if these sermons are in any way helpful to you, uh, then I'm really pleased about that. So just to let you know, that's what's going on. Today, I'm going to read from Luke chapter 14. I'm going to read verse 1 and then skip to verse 7 and read to verse 14. So here we go. One Sabbath when he, that's Jesus, went to dine at the house of a ruler who belonged to the Pharisees, they were watching him. Now he told a parable to those who were invited when he marked how they chose the places of honour, saying to them, when you are invited by anyone to a marriage feast, do not sit down in a place of honour, lest a more eminent man than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give place to this man, And then you will begin with shame to take the lower place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place so that when your host comes up, he may say to you, friend, go up higher. Then you will be honoured in the presence of all who sit at table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled and he who humbles himself will be exalted. He said also to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your kinsmen or rich neighbours lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the maimed, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. You will be repaid at the resurrection of the just. So I want to talk to begin with about the religious pride of the Pharisees, the religious pride of the Pharisees. And and make no mistake, friends, when we read about the Pharisees, the spiritual invitation is for us to ask ourselves whether we see ourselves in this pride, in this group of people. Do they in any way reflect us and our religious attitude? So Jesus was invited to dine with a ruler of the Pharisees. And he teaches them, I would say, about godly humility. And there are three things here that he does. The first thing he does, which wasn't in our reading, is that he shows mercy even on the Sabbath. So he heals a man. Uh, on the eve of the Sabbath at this dinner. The second thing he does is that he teaches them to take the lowest seat and not to push themselves forward. And the third thing is that he tells them to invite the poor, maimed, lame and blind to their feasts and not their friends who can repay them, knowing that they will be repaid at the resurrection of the just at the end of history. So if we wanted to critique these Pharisees, we might say a few things. Firstly, that they put their interpretation or perhaps you might say application of the law above showing mercy and love so they say you shouldn't you shouldn't heal on the sabbath because that breaks the sabbath Uh, putting mercy below a certain type of stringent application of the law let's put it like that secondly they pridefully squabble over the highest seat and thirdly they have a kind of exclusive clique and they don't invite those type of people into it So let's skip to the second one of these, which is the heart of the passage on not taking 
the place of honour. The, the Pharisees were all squabbling with each other, trying to take the highest seat. And Jesus says, don't do this. Now, I think we can observe to begin with that this is really a manifestation of sinful human nature. We're all inclined to do this on some level, to try and take the highest place, to exalt ourselves above other people. And if you have access to young children, or indeed can remember being a young child, you'll have seen children behaving like this, arguing over toys, over privileges, over eminence, and so on. So why does Jesus say not to do it? Well, one of the reasons he gives is that you may misjudge your own eminence, your own position. You may think more highly of yourself than you ought because you are blinded by your own pride and your ability to see yourself is limited. And then you'll be embarrassed because you will be demoted, or at least you run the possibility of being demoted and put into a lower seat. But if you take the lower place, then there's no danger of that because you can't be humiliated if you've already taken the place of humility. The only option that remains for you is to be promoted to a higher seat. So take the humble seat first and leave open the possibility of being promoted to a higher seat. Don't take the highest seat first because otherwise you might be demoted. Now, a short digression here, which is an excursus on false humility. If you call attention to your humility, it ceases to be humility. Right? I'll say that again. If you call attention to your humility, it ceases to be humility. I've just been reading Pride and Prejudice by Jane Austen. There's a funny line by the mother of the Bennett family, Mrs. Bennett, who says, those who do not complain are never, never pitied, speaking about herself, of course. I never complain, and so I'm never pitied. False humility. She's complaining in saying that very thing. Or another example of this from literature, which I remember is Uriah Heep from David Copperfield, Dickens' David Copperfield, who's always saying, we are ever so humble. We're ever so humble people here. We're very poor. We don't have very much stuff. We are not in a position of social eminence. We're ever so humble. When, of course, anyone who knows the story realises that Uriah Heep is nothing of the sort. He's a scheming dastardly scoundrel who's boasting about being humble. So don't call attention to your humility because it ceases to be humility and it's never particularly convincing to other people either. So anyway, this is a law of human interaction that Jesus is speaking about here. It's, it's wisdom, godly wisdom about how the world is, about how people are. But it is also a spiritual law if you like, it's a law of God. So, for example, Proverbs 3.34, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And that's repeated in the book of Hebrews. And it also says in the book of Hebrews, in chapter 4, verse 10, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Humble yourselves, take the lower seat and the Lord himself will exalt you. So you see a spiritual law here. It's a law of men, but it's also a law of God. If you exalt yourself in the eyes of God, he will humble you. But if you humble yourself in the eyes of God, he will exalt you. Now, I hope that everyone listening wants to do that, at least wants to do that. It's probably asking, well, how can I do it? How can I do it? And the good news is that there are indeed practical steps that we can all take to demonstrate humility and to grow in humility. And I want to suggests three of them, not saying I've mastered any of these things, 
but I can at least suggest them here. And those three things are patience, repentance, and service. There may be other things as well, but I think these are central. So the first thing, patience in lowliness or affliction, taking the lowest seat and realising that perhaps this is where the Lord wants you to be at the moment. Now, are you looking for something to happen for you? Something that you want, some promotion maybe, some opportunity, some change, some breakthrough or improvement in your circumstances in life. And maybe it's not happening. Maybe for some reason it's not happening. The door just isn't opening. Well, sometimes the godly thing, the humble thing to do is simply to wait patiently, not to complain, not to try and force yourself forward, but to wait patiently and to commit it to God in prayer and say to God, it's your will. It's not mine. It's your timing and it's your way. Now, I'm not saying this is always right. Sometimes we do have to take steps to bring things about. But perhaps you're in that situation and you just, for various reasons, sense that that's the case. That is a way of demonstrating humility. Take the lower seat. Now, this is a hard thing to do. But the gospel tells us that we can remember Jesus' humility. Quote from Philippians chapter 2, verses 6 and 7. Jesus, though he was in the form of God, was born in the likeness of men. The word of God took on flesh, took on humanity. He left his riches and glory in heaven and lived among us. And he entrusted himself patiently to the Father. It's one of the central themes of Jesus' life. Jesus took that lower seat of patience and humility before God. And we are called to follow after him in this way. So that's the first thing, patience. The second thing is repentance. Repentance. And again, this is a key feature of the Christian life, repentance. Now, repentance, which is saying sorry, essentially, to God and to other people, is the opposite of boasting and self-promotion. It's focusing not on your greatness and what you're owed, what you should be given, but on your sin and the fact that you need to be forgiven by God. Realising that what we're called to do primarily as Christians is to work on ourselves, not in a legalistic way, but in a way which is mindful of God's grace to us. I sin. I struggle with sin. There are things in my life which are not as they ought to be, and I need to repent and I need to change. Rather than pushing myself forward, rather than insisting on my own self-promotion and my superiority to others, how about I think about my own sin and I repent? So we can practice saying sorry to God. It's what Christ teaches us to do in the Lord's Prayer, by the way. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And the Lord's Prayer is a daily prayer, isn't it? Give us this day our daily bread. Christ teaches us to pray for, to pray and say we're sorry every day. So practice saying sorry, not just to God, but to other people as well. Maybe you've quarrelled with someone. Be the first person to say sorry. Now that's hard to do, but that is the key to maintaining relationships, particularly relationships, I might add, which are strained. So repent. Repent often and regularly. Don't be over the top about it, but when there is an occasion to repent, repent. So be patient and repent. Take the lower place of repentance. And finally, 
service. Be a servant. Here I'll remind you of the words of Christ in this parable or story we've read. He said, when you give a feast, invite the poor, maimed, lame and blind. Not just your friends, but those kind of people. Why is this? Because they cannot repay you. Because they cannot repay you. They won't make you great in the eyes of the world. You won't be made great in the eyes of the world by associating with the poor and the marginalised and the lame and the people that society thinks are weirdos and freaks. They won't repay you. They've got nothing to repay you. They've got nothing to give you. They've got no money. They've got no prestige to give you. So humble yourself by associating with those people. Again, consider the example of our Lord Jesus, who, as it says in the book of Philippians, emptied himself, taking the form of a servant. Taking the form of a servant, he emptied himself, and being found in human form, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even death on a cross. So if you want to know what humility looks like, humility looks like humble service to those who cannot repay you. That's what humility looks like. And that, again, is the way of Christ and the way that we are called to walk after. So don't form a clique of the good and the great. Don't spend your whole life networking in order to get ahead. That's not the way of Christ. Go to the most broken, the scarred, the outcast, those with nothing, those who cannot repay you and give your time. Give the best part of your time to them. Take the lower place of service. So three things, patience, entrusting yourself to God, repentance before God and other people, and taking the place of service, not to the great and the good, but to the poor and those who cannot repay you. To conclude, we are promised in the Christian life that exaltation comes after humiliation. And a final quote from Philippians 2, Christ did all these things. He humbled himself, he became a servant, he became obedient even to death, even death on a cross. And the Apostle Paul goes on and says, therefore, therefore, because of all of those things, because of his humility, because of his servant service, because he became a man, because he became obedient, because he died on a cross. Therefore, because of all of those things, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. Humiliation came first, exaltation only after humiliation. For the joy that was set before him, the book of Hebrews says, he endured the cross. He humbled himself first because exaltation follows humiliation, even for Jesus himself. And God has chosen to make it this way in our lives too. Crucifixion comes before resurrection. Death to ourselves comes before life in God. This is a hard thing. It's a hard thing to manifest and realise in our lives. But we need to have the spiritual insight to realise where we are trying to be exalted first before we humble ourselves. We're trying to find life before we have truly died to ourselves. Now, I can't say what that looks like in your life, 
I can't say that. I have a fair idea of what it looks like in my life, what the Lord is calling me to do, and I hope to have greater insight as time goes on. But maybe think about that this week. Maybe think about that. How is God asking me to humble myself? How is God asking me to take the lower seat? Not because he wants to subjugate me, not because he wants me to suffer for its own sake, but because he wants to exalt me at the last. And God bless you.